You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Welcome to HeadX, hosted by Martin Betts. This podcast explores the changing landscape of the higher education sector. Welcome to the higher education experience. Co-host today on HeadX is a recent guest on the podcast, in Dr. Nora Kozlowski, the Chief Learning Innovation Officer of the Melbourne Business School. Welcome back as our co-host, Nora. Hi, Martin. I'm delighted to be here again. And I'm delighted to have you back in this new capacity. We, we, we had a great chat when you were a guest on the podcast and last time we were together and um, covered off on some really fascinating things around the the subject that's been so important to headaches and the higher education sector over recent months, um, the issue of the university's accord and the, and the interim report that came out in July of this year. But you gave a lovely perspective on that from your role and from your position of challenging us all, I think, to connect, to think about new ways that we can connect with the new world of business and the customers of the sector, and also touched in a, I must say, a slightly dystopian way, but I'm getting over it, um, around the critically important and really quite revolutionary role of tech generally and, and of artificial intelligence in the future of higher education. Um, I can't help but think more and more that these are two of the issues, the lack of contact with business and end users by higher ed, and the failure to fully understand the way in which technology is going to change our sector that might be some of the biggest gaps in the accord process so far. Have you thought further about that than when when we were together last time? I think for me, just one of the bits of our conversation that stuck with me is that that um, conversation we had around how technology for education is not a it's not a modality shift, but it's a paradigm shift. And I think that's why I'm really excited we're speaking with our guests today, because I think there's plenty of paradigm shifting that we can we can learn from. Um, so that's that's really my only the thing that's really stuck with me is is not thinking of technology as um, just another modality, but something that has to fundamentally um, motivate us to do things differently. Yeah, I, I I recall that vividly from the conversation we had last time. But I and not but and I also reflected in thinking back on it that um, in preparation for today that you see you see it like that. I think not just that it's a change in modality for the sake of technology, but because of how the emergence of technology is changing what our perception is of our future skills needs and and what it means for leadership development in so many of the businesses that you're working with um, in the Melbourne Business School. Yes. And the question of how do we prepare the leaders of the future? What is it that they need to know? What is it? How do they need to be? How do they need to behave? And then how do you equip them with those those skills? Well, let's um, let's get right into repeating or revisiting some of the, that agenda but in in the company of a very exciting new guest, I've been very much ex- very very much looking forward to today's conversation. Why don't you introduce who you're bringing to the Head- HeadX podcast as a guest today, Nora, and we'll have a conversation with. I am delighted to introduce today's guest. So we're joined by Caitlin Gleason. Caitlin Gleason is uh, holds degrees in um, psychology, an honors degree in psychology, performance, and coaching psychology. 
She has worked in management consulting, um, including at Deloitte and boutique firms, including Maximus and Vendelta. And currently, Caitlin is very much somebody shaping the future of leadership in her role as global leadership development lead at Canva. So Canva is a really interesting example for us to learn from um, as one of the exceptions um, when it comes to Australian startups that have really managed to bring new to the world innovation um, out of this country and, and sort of made a big splash globally. Um, Caitlin, welcome to HeadX. It's a delight to have you here. Thank you, Nora. Thank you, Martin. Lovely to, lovely to be here. And we look forward to hearing more from Caitlin just after these words from our sponsor. Enjoying the HeadX podcast? You should check out The Thought Bubble, a podcast series where cross-disciplinary experts from all around the world share insights about emerging technologies and all the ways in which they can transform how we teach, learn, evaluate and experience higher education. Hear from Google, Meta, Holland IQ, KPMG, Duolingo and more. Find The Thought Bubble wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, Caitlin... You're tasked with ensuring that the leaders of one of the globally most progressive organizations, Canva, have the requisite skills to lead in their business and their community. Which skills are most important for Canva leaders to have? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like this question in and of itself, we could probably spend the entire podcast unpacking and, and exploring. Uh, but I think probably taking a taking a step back, I think broadly speaking at Canva, when and this is also, you know, whether it's from a, a leadership development perspective or also for our individual contributors as well, we are incredibly strong believers in the importance of what's referred to as both horizontal as well as vertical development. And so when we think about horizontal development, that's very much kind of our traditional or lay understanding of skills and capabilities. So it's about sort of adding, adding knowledge from experts, uh, transmitting those skills and really kind of having those necessary concepts and capabilities to be able to perform your role with impact. Uh, so that could be anything, you know, from a leadership perspective, that could be anything from, you know, change leadership and communication through to strategy, through to uh, technical skills and craft knowledge, which is obviously a huge focus at, at Canva as well. Uh, but then the big shift and when we think about vertical development, which is increasingly, I've got a bit of a bias, but it's um, increasingly just such a, a fascinating and also critical space when we think about investing and developing in our leaders to really be equipped with those more kind of macro challenges and landscapes which are, which are going on. It's really about not what you think, but it's about how you think. And so it's all about really expanding our leaders' capacity to be able to think and to feel and to act and to be in complex and systemic and ambiguous and interdependent environments as well. And so the, the analogy they kind of use is sometimes with, with a cup, you know, horizontal development is where we're adding the skills and the knowledge to the cup, but vertical development is about how do we actually expand the size of the cup? So our leaders, as they are stepping into challenges, which no one has ever faced before, no one has ever been able to solve for before, they actually have that space and that ability to be able to navigate that ambiguity and also to, um, to, take, to take advantage of it as well when we think about it in the context of innovation and, and disruption as well. Uh, so when we kind of think about that at, at Canva in particular, we have actually been in a process of really kind of codifying 
what are those critical mindsets as well as skills and capabilities? And then how do we sort of systemically actually develop those mindsets and really harness them as that sort of ripple effect from our leaders across the organisation? Uh, so again, we could we could go into this all day, but I think um, a couple that I would I would really sort of double click on and and sort of call out. Uh, first of all, that everything that relates to personal leadership and leading self is is absolutely critical. Um, and I was actually I was, I was thinking back to I think when I soon after I first started the organisation and I was I was doing a listing tour and sort of hearing from lots of different perspectives uh, globally across the business. And I still remember someone actually, because um, it just it just sort of stuck with me the way in which they phrased it, someone saying, you know, so many of our leaders, they are in the biggest roles of their lives uh, and they are also simultaneously leading others who are in the biggest roles of their lives. And so that ability to be able to, to manage yourself in that ongoing change and complexity is, is that ultimate ripple effect when we think about your ability to then sort of cascade and bring others through that journey as well. Um, and then the other one I would I would sort of really call out is a, a mindset we've codified, which is really what we refer to as multidimensional thinking. And so within multidimensional thinking, it's not only that ability to have that sort of systems thinking mindset, so to be able to sort of make connections, to sort of look across a multifaceted highly matrix, complex system and be able to, you know, pull together those connections and think about what that means for how they lead. But it's also that ability to be able to flex and adapt the way in which you think, uh, depending on the given situation. So it's that ability to flex and adapt between in one moment, I'm thinking about the macro, in one moment, I'm dropping down, I'm thinking about the micro. In one moment, I'm thinking about the organisation. In the next, I'm having to think about the ripple effects to the community. Um, I'm thinking about short term, but I'm also having to think about the long term strategy and the, the disruptions there as well. So that's another big focus and element of our, our development as well, which is like, our leaders may not actually necessarily know what it is exactly that they're going to be leading in a couple of years' time. So how do we actually equip them with sort of those macro skills and mindsets so that no matter what it is that they're then navigating, they're actually equipped to be able to, um, yeah, to not only sort of effectively get through it, but to actually, again, to, to sort of take advantage of it as well. That's so interesting. And I'm slightly exhausted just trying to think of all of the different demands that a candidate <laughs> must hold in mind and how the amount of ambiguity, uncertainty that they must be navigating. Um, but it, it's fascinating how you're talking about the interplay between how do you manage yourself in that environment? How do you manage others who are kind of in their biggest role of their career? Um, and then how do you step into a world that is changing so quickly right now where there's no playbook for what's the what's the next right move um Caitlin you yourself how has your journey brought you to this point where you're actually the person supporting and defining with those Canva leaders um how they prepare for this uncertain future what's what's your journey been to date and and how have you stepped into this role that you're in now yeah, uh, great question. It's definitely been, and it's always interesting, I think, for, for all of us, it's uh, 20, uh, you know, hindsight or 2020, you can start to sort of connect the dots in in hindsight. But um, essentially, I, I started from a background of psychology. I was, I was, I was and still am uh, in, in a very kind of dorky, nerdy way, just obsessed with 
the human mind and how that then intersects with an increasingly complex dynamic landscape in which we're all working and operating and leading. And then I I found my way to organisational psychology and leadership development, um, really sort of tapping into a, a core personal sort of purpose, which is that we all spend so much of our lives at work. It is it is one of the you know foundational environments that really determines uh, our life, our well being, um, our own purpose. And I really uh, sort of discovered through that the power and the the potential as well of leadership um, that can really make make or break an individual's journey. Um, and so I think from from sort of navigating that, and then from from having the ability to and the, the privilege to sort of work both one on one with leaders, but then also also in teams, and then broadly in in organisations as well. Uh, it's it's been a yeah it's it's been it's been a really fascinating journey to be able to work across lots of different industries as well um, and also to to recognize that at the end of the day we're all fundamentally human and even though lots of different industries and systems and organizations might have their own personal nuances or you know individual individual flares uh, a lot of us are struggling with some of the same fundamental questions and, and challenges. And so the ability to kind of walk alongside leaders and to help them navigate those challenges so they can then have that ripple effect for others uh, has been, yeah, that's, that's sort of really what has has given me energy and I guess brought me to where I am today. Um, what's fascinating to me is how in that environment, um, how you bring your skill set to what's next for, for leaders at Canva. So really thinking about from you, you started by talking about horizontal and vertical development, you started talking about multidimensional thinking. Um, how do you then prepare leaders for the next sort of five, 10 years? And what do you think, um, how do you think the skill set of a leader at Canva will have to evolve as we navigate this wildly exciting and uncertain future of ours? I think, and it's it's interesting, no matter what kind of uh, particular metric we're looking at, at at Canva, a lot of things move in a very exponential way. And so whether that's, uh, you know, exponential growth, a couple of years ago, it was it was a couple of hundred people. We're now, uh, you know, 4,000 person strong uh, multinational enterprise, uh, whether it's looking at exponential growth of customer base, of, of teams, it's everything is moving at a very, very, very fast pace. And so that also manifests in how we think about really supporting and empowering and, and equipping our leaders as well. Uh, so I think also the rate at which our leaders, you know, they can also be moving in roles where they might start in a role and, you know, within within six, they might start in a role as an individual contributor and within six months they might be, they might be leading multiple teams that are, uh, you know, on the front line of, you know, massive um, high pressure and, and incredibly, um, incredibly important sort of, you know, product related areas as well. And so the way in which we kind of think about that is we really sort of embed as a first principle into all of our touch points, all of our development opportunities that we're not just plugging a gap and setting up our leaders for today or even for tomorrow or even for the next six months but we're really thinking about in everything that we do how are we setting them up for the future and how are we setting them up for for what's next for the, in the, in that regard um so I think what sort of really comes to mind when we think about this and this you know this is a principle that we think about um when we look at even you know vertical development as well and, and think about how we sort of really expand and develop those mindsets is um 
what's called heat experiences. So how are we actually really pulling our leaders into experiences and environments? And that can be in lots of different ways as well. It doesn't need to be in a workshop or, you know, a one-on-one -on -one point. It can be, you know, engineered through their job design, through, uh, through lots of different, you know, on-the-job aspects. But how are we exposing our leaders to experiences that actually challenge them to realise the mindset and the skills that I have that I have right now aren't enough to to be able to man, to be to be able to um, you know be equipped to to handle the next the next step of what that might look like. And what those heat experiences do is they they are the catalysts that then enable that change, that ongoing uh, you know transformation in terms of mindset as well. So we think about how we really mindfully engineer those, those heat experiences, how we bring in colliding perspectives as well. So how we actually, you know, foster and nurture, we've got, you know, such, and it's the, the diversity is just something which is extraordinary in so many different lenses, but, you know, we've got leaders who are, you know, leading customer service areas in Manila. We've got we've got leaders who are leading some of our incredible acquisitions in Vienna. You know, how do we how do we bring all those different leaders together? And it's a again coming to multidimensional thinking, it's a bit of a both end. It's how do we, you know, foster those experiences where they realize there's a bit of a me too. So there's that common experience, there's that support, that peer connection as well. And we're really big on creating and fostering a global leadership community so so you're not alone in navigating all of these challenges but then how do we also at the same time bring in some of those competing ideas those different ways of thinking of working of operating so that our leaders can also they're not and this is the the, the beautiful thing they're, they're often not learning from us they're learning from each other as well in terms of how they're navigating um, what they're looking at and then I think if we're thinking, you know, if we're thinking ahead to the next couple of years, um, I'd obviously be remiss not to not to mention the elephant in the room in terms of AI. But I think, again, taking a step beyond that with sort of a macro lens of that, it's that critical and strategic thinking. And we've already seen that with, like, with leaders, the way in which they've actually taken this disruptor and they've actually used it as an internal disruptor to think about how are we actually leveraging this in our own ways of working to actually improve the way in which we're doing things, to be able to actually expand and accelerate what we're doing. Um, and then I think also when we're thinking ahead to the next couple of years, it's also, I think, doubling down on the human skills and the side of equation more than ever, because for our leaders who are stepping into the unknown, the ambiguous, the complex, they need to be, again, uh, you know, equipped to be able to, to step into that themselves, but also they need to, to rally and support and lead others through that journey as well. And that's that can be a really tough job, especially when, it's very different to previous times where as a leader, you might actually not yet know the answer. So that's that's a big part of, of how we think about, you know, supporting our leaders, but then also thinking about how are we supporting them to then support others as well. Can I jump in there, Nora and Caitlin? Because I'm absolutely fascinated to hear you describe this increasingly complex world in which a business like yours is operating and that your leaders are needing to develop in. And I'm trying to reconcile it with a lifetime of experience in institutions providing first degrees for graduates to enter a workforce job ready, whatever that means anymore, and to um, 
And to encounter what I think I'm hearing you describe as a burgeoning world and need for lifelong learning Mm -hmm. with what we've traditionally done in universities of package up, you know, it it used to be um, postgraduate degrees and it increasingly has been emerging as micro credentials and other smaller packages of knowledge, which we might be developing in our universities for others to benefit from. And all of that sounds completely out of step with and out of tune with what you're describing as a business need for experiential and and human development of leadership capability um, to serve what you need as a business. Uh, I, I mean, can I can I ask you to articulate, if you can, how that world that you're describing as a business need is is matched to and is being well served by what typically universities think that they're doing in degree and professional education and lifelong learning for leadership skills is there a mismatch here it's a it's a great it's a great question great question and again i think one we could we could probably unpack all day i think a couple a couple of thoughts come to my mind one is that uh we definitely are seeing a mismatch uh in terms of in terms of you know job ready graduates and and we can we can think about that in in lots of lots of different ways um this is actually something which we again look at and embed from kind of a an end to end journey perspective at Canberra as well so onboarding at Canberra it's not it's not just about setting you up with your IT systems and you know a bit of you know a bit of knowledge and this is what you do. Our, from our very touch point in terms of the beginning of onboarding at Canva, we delve into those mindsets that will ultimately be the make or break in terms of how successful you are in terms of being able to navigate change, being able to navigate pivots, being able to sit in that sort of complexity and that ambiguity and all those different elements along the way. Um, we also, and, and, and so, so that's definitely, it's definitely something we, which we look at, you know, from an organization perspective, but I think what we are, what we are definitely noticing is that, you know, we've got individuals who, you know, they might be, yeah, they might be stepping out of, you know, higher education, they might be stepping out of their degrees. And if we think about sort of the incentive structures, and this is even, you know, beyond just a university degree, right? But like, even from a, from a, a, a you know, K to 12 perspective, it's like the incentive structures are all built around, you know, the knowledge, you transmit the knowledge and you get the you get the marks for the knowledge um and and that's what's that's what's rewarded that's that's the that's the good way to go about things we've already seen this be totally disrupted um you know even in its early stages with with generative ai as well right because if you think about it it's it's not necessarily um you know your ability to be able to transmit that knowledge because an ai can can quickly do that for you so the question then comes well what are we then looking at what are we rewarding is it more those macro skills is it the critical thinking skills is it the ability to actually use and mobilize ai to generate innovative outcomes and to to do exciting things with that as well so I, I guess what kind of comes to my mind is really thinking about from that broader perspective, what, what are we rewarding from those early stages? And then how are we actually supporting our, our, our newer generation and our, our recent graduates to, to more effectively navigate what can be quite a culture shift of 
leaving leaving a, almost a, a safe confined space and it's something I even found as a you know graduating from university I I came out I, I knew how to get my good marks and then I came into the the job world and I was like none of this is none of this has actually set me up for what, what I what I need to what I need to actually be able to navigate so how are we thinking about what we're rewarding what we're reinforcing for um for for candidates at university um, as so that there's less of that culture shock so that when they come into the workforce, they've actually had some opportunities to also be thinking about the mindsets that will set them up so that no matter what they encounter, they're actually set up to be able to effectively navigate it and do so. With that in mind, then, what would be on your wish list, Caitlin, if you could ask for how should graduates come out of universities in order to be employable by the likes of Canva, what would be on your wish list for how you would design or redesign um, higher education? Mm. Oh, good question. What's my wish list? Uh, I would love uh, there to be, and again, this could be, this could come in lots of different ways, right? So this doesn't even need to be, again, if we, the, the exciting part when we think about innovation when we think about disruption is we don't even need to be confined to the ways in which we used to deliver experiences so there could be lots of different ways in which we achieve these same outcomes but I guess the the core areas which really kind of come to my mind is that that personal leadership so that that ability to be able to that emotional intelligence that ability to be able to and uh, you know I almost and it's one of my it's one of my favorite areas of focus but I almost hesitate to now use the word resilience because it's kind of been used in lots of different ways and um, potentially not to its original true form but that ability to be able to 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 navigate change and complexity and ambiguity and to navigate yourself through that um, that ability to be able to that growth mindset. So again, that like when we're coming to sort of lifelong learning, that ability to be able to really hold that mindset of I am constantly learning and unlearning and relearning and unlearning and relearning. And again, that could be not just necessarily, you know, knowledge and skills and capabilities of which there is a huge, obviously, need with when we're thinking about sort of the, the skills gap, particularly how that's manifesting in Australia at the moment, but also what's my ability of how I can actually learn and unlearn and relearn my mindsets and my ways of doing things. Like I was, um, you know, I was a very interesting, again, this is what I do in my spare time for fun, but I was at an interesting uh, webinar the other night uh, with Nick Petrie, who, you know, leads a lot of this, this research and this work, uh, particularly looking at sort of vertical development and, and leadership as well. And he's been doing over the past two years quite a lot of research into, um, you know, a lot of the burnout that's that's been, again, it wasn't a result of COVID, but it was definitely sort of exacerbated post, um, post-pandemic as well. And it was really interesting how one of the sort of topics or areas which came up was talking about how a lot of the mindsets which initially we got us, made us successful, in you know in our in in university even in our 20s taking us into sort of our early stage careers um could be the same mindsets that actually lead us to burnout once we then move into sort of our 30s into our kind of mid career stages so all of those mindsets of i have to i have to get things perfect i can't make mistakes i can't fail i have to show that i'm you know the expert in this point 
Um, all of those, all of those mindsets, and again, this is a broader, you know, education question as well, but all of those mindsets are in one sense or another rewarded in our systems. And again, you know, graduates might come into, and again, this is something personally happened to me, you know, you come into early stage career, especially in very, you know, high performing, high intense environments. And that again is rewarded. I must not show vulnerability. I must keep going. I must achieve. I must achieve. I must achieve. But at a certain point, there's only so much you can do and you can't keep adding more, right? And so that's where they're starting to look at how, what's your ability to be able to unlearn some of those mindsets and to realize, okay, those mindsets that got me to where I am today aren't necessarily going to get me to where I am tomorrow. And from a leadership perspective, you know, a lot of that is, is when we think about, you know, leaders being able to lead innovation and disruption, they have to let go of a lot of those mindsets of we have to get things perfect. We have to get things right. Because if we're innovating by definition, we are not going to get things absolutely perfect every single time of the way. I might just jump in there again, Nora, if, if, if that's okay, because hearing you talk about that ability to unlearn and learn new things and, and emphasizing the dynamic that the pandemic might not have created, but might have uh, accelerated in some ways. I, I can't help connecting that with the conversation Nora and I had last time around um, the emergence of, of AI and the challenge that's posing for us all to be vulnerable and to be experimental in the way that we're doing things. And I, I, I might use that as a segue for another dimension of your joining us, Caitlin, that I think is so fascinating in that not only is Canva such a fascinating story of a business and leadership development with rapid growth through ambiguity but its products have a big impact on the world of higher education and universities too and really in my sense play to that mass experimentation and relearning that we're all going through of the dramatic future shortage of digital skills and digital fluency and the the, the need for more of us at all stages of our careers to really be exposed to and develop a level of proficiency and skills in these sorts of technologies. Um, with, with that, if it's not too long a bow of a segue, can, can you tell us a little bit more about how Canva is actually already contributing to modern university life and, and maybe illustrate that with what the thinking is behind the release of what I, I've been reading about as Canva for Campus. What, what yeah. are you doing there, not only in your development of your leaders, but your development of products and tools that will also impact upon the world of higher education? Yeah, absolutely. So I think when we're stepping back, you know, Canva's overarching mission is to empower the world to design. Design is actually a very, very broad umbrella because as we think about, and especially as they've, they've launched, you know, the visual work suite and AI that's integrated and all these different elements as well, that includes everything from not only design, but data, data visualization, visual communication, documents, um, workflows, communications. It's, you know, all of those different elements that fall underneath that work suite. So, uh, you know, in terms of sort of a big focus of, of mission and purpose, Canva is a, a huge believer. And, and again, it's something that feel very fortunate because it's something that, um, and Nora, you had sort of shared similar on, on your interview as well, but you know, the power of education as that ultimate vehicle for, for access um, and for, you know, preparing individuals for whatever comes into the future as well. 
And so Canva has always had uh, Canva for Education, and that's a that's a completely free product for all students and teachers who um, you know are from from K to twelve. Canva for Canvas is that sort of next extension for that of really thinking about how are we actually setting up and supporting. And this comes from, you know, a couple of different lenses, you know, our, our student bodies, but also, you know, our, our, our faculty, our teaching staff, our, our support staff as well, to really be empowered and to democratise, um, you know, visual communication is the heart of what we do. So I think when we think about it from, um, you know, the student lens and the student perspective, and, and again, this, this is... Uh, this can be in the form of campus for campus, which is a, you know, it's a it's a product which, you know, universities can actually invest into to be able to have that broad support, you know, across across the university. Um, or it can just be, you know, an individual opting in to use Canva as, as, as many do as we know. Um, but I think it's a I think when we're coming back to that piece about job ready graduates, uh, it's it's a real game changer because it actually, when we think about it, 85% of Fortune 500 companies use Canva. And so when we think about it, students can actually not only be able to use the product to have all of those advantages when you think about collaboration, when you think about data visualization of literacy, of design, but it also means that they're actually developing and harnessing that wider breadth of skills so that day one, when they walk into that door, um, you know, of their, of their first, their first uh, graduate job, um, they're not like me when I first stepped into consulting and I had no idea how to use Excel and no idea how to use any tools whatsoever at that point. They've already actually developed um, their skills across, you know, a wide range of, of communication and visualisation skills. I think when I was reflecting on it personally, it's it's also the the really exciting part of it as well is it in terms of when we're coming back to that kind of that democratisation piece, it means that those skills are not just concentrated in some of the specific disciplines that you might find at university as well. So it means that, um, you know, I, you know, if, if I was I was majoring in, in philosophy and psychology, I could develop and harness and easily pick up and, and have just the same amount of skills that would set me up for any kind of career as I step into that, as if I were in, you know, some of the some of the sort of more technical craft areas as well. Um, and then I think from a from a kind of faculty or, or a teacher perspective as well, it's a really exciting time because it also just adds a whole other layer um, of support for for faculty, for staff as well, for being able to sort of streamline workflows, centralize information, but also for staff to be able to really um, really take their their own learning experiences to the next level in a really simple and accessible way. And I think the thing that I really enjoy about it as well is that it's so much more than just kind of like I'm using a tool to be able to sort of present something well or to be able to communi communicate, you know, my message in a more impactful way. It's actually the way in which sort of a lot of the, the templates and the support and the product is actually set up actually stimulates different kinds of critical thinking skills. So you've actually got, you know, if, if you're a, if you're a faculty staff member, you can actually easily ex um, access, you know, particular types of templates of tools that will actually stimulate divergent thinking if you're taking that into a tutorial or a workshop as well. So it's actually taking it not only from sort of that, it's a tool to be able to communicate, to be able to do things more impactfully, but it's also, you can actually use it to be able to help develop some of those macro skills that we were talking about earlier on in terms of sort of critical thinking as well. I'm fascinated by some of the, the stories around um, empowering 
a broad base of individuals, universities, companies to to use these tools. And, and I'm really fascinated by the accessibility of it as well. Um, but it also makes me think of, in some ways, you could argue that Canva is sort of an example of what the future of education looks like, because you're offering a product suite or tools, but built into all of that are um, sort of bite-sized uh, forms of learning and you're really you're making the learning very digestible very accessible it's it's beautiful you know it's it's sort of like is this kind of a model for what education could look like and I'm just again sorry Martin I, I this might be utopian or dystopian but you know is this sort of a, a, a future where you do have um, some of the the tech companies whether that's a, a Canva or you know there might be other players where this is actually what education increasingly starts to look like, um, where it's embedded into products that people use um, and use in the flow of their work and their life anyway. I mean, I don't want to scare Martin too much with more of the sort of dystopian talk, but I think the way I would approach that question is to say that there's a lot that can be learnt um, and and a lot that can be uh, sort of explored when we think about some of those principles as well. And I think, you know, Nora, you were, sh- you were sharing your experience in terms of, you know, when you suddenly need to, to learn something, you you go to YouTube and, and you know, it's, it's, it's and, and that's that's a modality that immediately ticks the box and, and, and gets you there as well. I think the, the way in which we're also experimenting and exploring with that truly kind of multimodal, just-in-time applied experiential approach in terms of all those different areas of the of the suite and that can be anything from you know a really short quick video that's actually a really impactful storytelling that actually brings in the emotion that brings a you know an idea or a skill set or a knowledge to life in a way that's far more engaging and far more sticky than just like you know reading about it in you know in 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 a lecture um, or doing that all the way through to you know some of the some of the the sort of more heavy heavy lifting areas as well i think one of the really exciting areas which we are exploring when we think about that from sort of a tech perspective is again thinking about you know if we are thinking about ai as well is thinking about how do we actually leverage that to take you know deeply personalized learning experiences to the next level as well so talk about you know we talk about you know, if you have if you have an individual or a leader there who's like suddenly about to go into a really difficult change conversation or whatever, they have an AI assistant who's there to immediately direct them to the particular resources and support which is actually going to empower them to be able to, to be able to lean into that conversation in the moment. Um, I think there's such great potential when we think about, you know, when we think about those deeply personalized learning experiences as well, is that we're not. We're going so much further beyond just, um, you know. And it was, it was, it was a great era when we when we started to talk about and started to think about different kinds of learning styles. So how some people might learn in, you know, different kinds of ways as well. But we're now going so much more beyond that in terms of it's not just I learn best by you know listening to a podcast as opposed to you know watching a video as opposed to reading this particular article or whatever it might be. But all the way through to I could then personalize actually. 
from 5 to 6 p.m. That's when if I if I do actually if I do actually commute, that's when I actually have time that I can actually implement to do some micro learning. And so I actually input that into into sort of the, this personalized journey. And so it means that at 5 p.m. I get a nudge that actually sends me the particular just in time podcast because that's how I like to learn and that's what I want to do. Um, then thinking about it beyond that as well of I think the only other extra consideration that I would say is that tech is so has so much potential and is so wonderful when we think about all of these potential offerings, but also um, not underestimating and not losing track of the power of community and social learning and social connection as well. And, and again, we can do that in lots of um, experimental ways through technology, and we see that happening quite a lot as well. But um, you know, at Canva, we think a lot about, and I think it's something if we're thinking about sort of that university experience as well, what's like de really deliberately engineering, like what's the microsystem around the individual? So we're not just giving them, we're not just like pushing them into a degree and then kind of just, just giving them the learning and hoping for the best, but thinking about what are all of those different touch points that surround that individual that are ultimately going to help them make those developments or those shifts um, or that are potentially going to be derailers as well. And so we really deliberately engineer all of those touch points around that individual as they're stepping into that experience as well. So there is, yeah, there's there's a lot of potential there. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity when we're really thinking about uh, not only as to our earlier conversation, not only like the the content of of what we're really equipping, you know, graduates for, but also how we're how we're doing that as well. As I hear you talk there, Caitlin, I I get a really strong picture of Canva being really focused as an organisation itself with its leadership development, and in the way that it's developing tools for others to use with a a really strong emphasis on innovation and the the nurturing of in a in a very personalized way of of innovation skills and just going back to that bit of conversation we had earlier of the mismatch if we if we do all see it that way with the conventional way that universities have tried to design programs and activities to serve business and and end users and learners in organizational contexts. so I wonder if you have a sense that given the philosophy within your company and within your products, what, what you think business leaders and university leaders of the future might need to do maybe together or respectively in being on the same side in this nurturing of those pers more personalized capabilities and innovation. Is there an agenda that you see for you as an organization and for our audience of what it needs to do in responding to to that lead i'd break that down into a couple of different uh, a couple of different sort of buckets or areas i think you know coming all the way back to what we were first sort of speaking about in terms of, sort of that personal leadership development i think the first step before we look to anything beyond that uh, for for business leaders university leaders is to really internalize and embody these mindsets themselves. So it's it's going to be very, very difficult to be able to, to cascade, to nurture, foster, uh, you know, to foster environments of innovation and disruption if you yourself aren't yet at that place in terms of, of really kind of embodying those mindsets. I think uh, coming to your point when you were sort of speaking to um, 
working together as well. You know, this is another element when we think about vertical development, that ability to sort of stretch and expand our mindsets to be able to navigate complexity. And it's, you know, it's such a critical part of, of, of all the work that Nora's leading with, with Melbourne Business School as well is to build a really open network to make sure that they're exposing themselves to hate experiences, but also those colliding perspectives, those different perspectives, those different ways of doing things. Uh, and it's it's interesting, you know, when we think about it often, and so when we think about sort of closed networks versus open networks, when, when you've got a very closed network, you tend to be hearing actually very similar stuff because you're all the people who you're talking to, they all know each other and they're all kind of recycling the same kind of information, the same kind of ideas. And so it's going to make it very, very difficult to hear different kinds of perspectives that challenge your thinking to be able to take advantage of that as well. Um, the next layer, I think, once you've kind of got those foundations in place is from a leadership perspective, and again, this can be business leaders, university leaders alike, to really think about how are we really deliberately engineering and creating those safe-to-fail environments where experimentation, where psychological safety is absolutely at the heart. Um, and one thing which sort of I'm, I'm working with some leaders on at the moment as well is that when we talk about innovation, when we talk about psych safety, a really key part of actually bringing that to life is by delineating and getting super clear and super aligned with absolutely everyone who is involved on what is the performance zone and what's the learning zone. And so because the challenge is, is sometimes as leaders, we can have the best of intents and we can say, listen, we want to fail, we want to innovate, we want to move fast, we want to have an MVP. But at the same time, it's also in a super, super high stakes environment where we actually don't particularly want to fail at this point because there's a lot on the line. So I think for leaders, they really need to, to figure out what it, where are the spaces where we're experimenting. So, you know, at Canva a couple of weeks ago, we had a two-day hackathon and that was anyone from the business could go in, could mess around with ideas, could experiment, could start to work through things. And so everyone had the same kind of rules of play or the ground rules of like, we're allowed to we're allowed to kind of mess up a little bit here as we're figuring things out. Um, and then I think finally, as we're kind of going to that 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 final lens, it's more thinking, more broadly thinking about and potentially depending on the role, you know, influencing or co-creating the system that's around it. So, you know, when I was talking about sort of those incentive structures as well, you know, if we're also, if we're working within a system where the incentive structures are, are all about, um, performance and perfection and not getting things wrong and doing things the way we've always done things because that's how we've always done things, then that can also obviously be, be a huge barrier to innovation as well. So I think thinking about, you know, what are our cadences, what are our rituals, what are our ways of working and how do we also like influence the system to be able to sort of build that in and to, to nurture that into our culture moving forwards. Wow. Um, I think there's a lot we can learn in our sector about uh, your comments there and performance, perfection, and how we as a leader also define the zones quite quite clearly um, and the learning zone. Um, Caitlin, we're almost at the end of our conversation, unfortunately. That went really quickly. Um, I'm going to ask you the, the question which Martin likes to wrap up with, which is, I believe, um, Caitlin, what's your favourite part of being the global leadership development lead at Canva? Oh, great question. There is there is a lot to love. There is, there is a lot to love. Um, 
I think my favorite part is it it is it is a it's such a fortunate um privilege to be able to work with just some of the most brilliant innovative minds um as we all navigate all of the complexity and all of the ambiguity that we were speaking to um it is a truly it is a truly truly inclusive empathetic uh values driven culture and so i think being being a part of that journey um in whatever whatever space or whatever role that looks like and and sort of walking alongside leaders um to help them navigate that and to help them to really uh bring out the best in others i think that's just um it's just just absolutely lights me up so definitely definitely one of the the top contenders i would say well, it's lighting you up every day and it's lit, lit me up today and I'm sure it's going to light up a lot of our audience of the HeadX podcast too. You, you've given us some fa- fascinating insights there, Caitlin, into the culture within your organisation, the the really contemporary and dynamic and complex way in which leadership development is perceived in the modern innovative organisation and I've learned so much, and I'm sure others in the higher education sector will have learned so much about what that means for the way that higher education needs to adjust and to listen to. That, that, that point that you made about getting beyond just listening to yourselves and people like you and exposing you to new ideas, you've demonstrated that personally in this podcast today to great effect. And so, Nora, for being a co-host with us again today, and Caitlin for being a guest on HeadX. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much both for joining us on HeadX. Thanks so much. Thank you, Martin.